This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with a Goat Doc. This is episode nine, and I'm going to be talking about skin. Goat skin. (laughs) While it's still on the goat. And uh, what I've come across in practice and common problems and what I do about them. So I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope I have time to sit at the computer and edit this and get it posted in a timely manner. I want to say thanks everybody for listening and um, if you have a moment and you're listening to the podcast and you can take a minute in your Apple Podcasts app or Stitcher or what else? Maybe Google Podcasts. I don't use that one, so I'm less familiar with how it works. But if your podcast platform of choice has an option to rate and review, that would be great if you could take a moment and do that for me. Um, And that will help more people find the podcast and we can get the GOAT podcasting community to join forces. Uh, As always, you can email me with questions, comments, uh, suggestions for things you want to talk about. Uh, A reminder that I'm looking for suggestions of a good uh, book reference for like goat husbandry, goat raising guidance. Uh, and I'm, I, I honestly don't have one on my shelf even, so I'm not sure what, what is recommended by people out there. If you, if you've been raising goats for a while and you think that you have a good resource and you want to share it, that'd be awesome. You can email me at goatdoccara at gmail.com or you can contact me through the website at goatdoc.com. As always, uh, this is the reminder that this podcast's intent is to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional veterinary care or medical advice provided by your primary veterinarian. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid veterinary client-patient relationship with your local vet. So I've been answering a lot of questions about skin this year and it's something that like we don't really talk about in vet school really a lot and people get concerned about it and it's there's not a like there's not a lot out there I've been I've been on the phone this this spring earlier this spring I was on the phone with like more than one veterinary dermatologist so that's like a boarded specialist who's been through undergrad so usually like four years of undergrad four years of vet school and then probably an internship and then I think dermatology is a three-year residency uh, to talk about 
folks to ask them questions about goat skin issues. I talked with a couple of those at two different reference labs this spring and also talked with a couple different internal medicine, large animal internal medicine specialists this spring. So same, same deal, same lots of schooling and internship and residency. And they were, they had a couple suggestions, but they weren't like super I mean I guess it was helpful because I tried some stuff in one of my goats and it definitely helped Uh, but it's not something that's super like done in clinical practice too much Uh, so common things that we see in goats are you know external parasites so those can be lice or uh, mites and lice you can see on the animal crawling around usually and mites are things that burrow I can't remember if that's honestly I'm a terrible person I can't I believe that's the difference between the two I should really google that um but in goats lice you can see them kind of like crawling around on the fur Uh, mites burrow under the skin and they're all these little kind of gross critters that can be annoying to the animal and cause skin issues to some extent and like even in humans we all have some mites probably I can't remember the percentage but I've seen some statistic where it's like 30 or 40 percent of humans have like these eyelash mites or whatever we've got bugs all over us all the time so I kind of expect goats to probably like a good amount of goats probably have some mites but the thing about these normal kind of it's kind of like normal flora uh, is that the animal's immune system should be competent enough to keep those little critters in check and not cause an issue not cause discomfort or dermal lesions or anything like that for the goats um so sometimes for whatever reason certain animals their immune system maybe isn't well equipped to keep those things at bay or some other stressor in the environment causes the number of mites on that individual to increase or in my part of the world like we have a winter where it's like cold and damp and we deep bed our animals and that can cause probably an increase in the number of those little critters and then sometimes we see lesions basically and you see some alopecia which is hair loss you see like crusts flaky skin collarettes uh, which are like circles of crust uh, papules which are little bumps pustules which are little bumps with pus in them all kinds of fun descriptors for dermatology so yeah so like first of all you got to determine what the problem is and if this animal has had a problem in the past that can also be a useful uh, thing to know about so we'll start by talking about external parasites like I said lice and mites Uh, the the difference in treating those things is kind of based on what they do and how they are getting nutrition from their host the goat the lice are kind of crawling around on the goat and the mites are usually burrowing in the skin and so you got to think about which what thing is going to be more effective for treating those those different lifestyles 
skills uh, burrowing versus crawling around. Uh, lice you can use, like I said, you can usually find, you could use like a flea comb for a small animal or like a fine tooth comb and comb the goat. And if you find little critters crawling, they have kind of like a long body and most of their little legs are up in the front segment of their body. You can see them with a naked eye. You don't need a microscope. Uh, and if you find them, there they are. It's not a terrible idea to treat all the animals in a group if you find lice on one of them because even if there's only one that's super itchy this is kind of like your flea infestation in your household like you're never going to get that flea infestation under control if you don't treat all of the pets in the household so if you got goats with lice it's not a terrible idea to treat them all um lice i usually recommend a product called ultra boss which i believe is a permethrin uh permethrin or permethrin derivative primary ingredient and it's a pour on topical and you may have to do it more than once like once and then repeat in a couple or three weeks Uh, but that's usually an effective thing Uh, mites can be a little bit more sneaky and I think they can also look like something else or there can be uh, concurrent conditions of uh, like basically like a zinc deficiency, a zinc responsive uh, dermatosis, which I'll talk about after talking about mites. Uh, But what I see when I am suspicious of mites is uh, like a kind of a, a crusting like it can be a pretty thick crusting. The classic areas I look for this to be happening are around the heels, so the pat, like the the palmar or plantar, so that means the back, the side that's facing the ground um, aspect of the pastern, so between the dew claw and the heel bulbs, the top of the hoof area can like lose all the hair and really just look like a big old crust. Um, if you kind of scrub the crust off of there the skin is often very raw and uncomfortable these guys can absolutely be really really itchy Um, and they can also hide lesions goats under their fur Um, at least in my experience these things tend to seem to flare up in the winter so you've got a goat that does really well all summer long, all fall long, beautiful, shiny, no no itching, no crusting, no little scabby things on the body, and then you get to winter, and then all of a sudden, they're hiding it under their thick coat, so they grow in their cashmere for the winter, and they're hiding all their little friends under their cashmere, and like this, I had a buck that this was an issue for, I put my hands on him, and I was like, oh dear, you are just like a big crust underneath your beautiful fur and I felt really bad um my kind of go-to for this is a couple of different things one is poron ivermectin uh so that is available for cattle um and I do it at the dosing suggested by the bottle uh this is off-label for goats so you should talk to your veterinarian about it if you are suspicious of mites or your veterinarian is suspicious of mites they may have something that they like better and this can vary like geographically some things just seem to work better in certain parts of the country or the world compared to others so it can absolutely be worth your time to 
talk to your vet about it rather than just start throwing the kitchen sink at it and uh, hoping for the best. So the, some kind of topical insecticide is a, is a good idea. Some people will do an injectable ivermectin or other injectable antiparasitic, which may work better in their hands. Uh, and I think that's, you know, again, talk to your vet. Um, sometimes these guys will have secondary bacterial infections, and depending on the case, I may use an antibiotic, um, which can help dry up the lesions. But actually what I've gotten really fond of using is a topical lime sulfur um, or some, some topical that has like a sulfur aspect to it. Um, I discovered this by accident because we have, for hoof stuff, um, we have the Dr. Naylor's Hoof and Heel, uh, and that's just like a topical to put on... Uh, hoof lesions and anti antimicrobial type topical and uh, I got some on one of my goats I was trimming their hooves and I was like oh there's some little crusties there on the heels and was putting that stuff on their hooves anyway and I honestly don't even remember how I, why I, you know, I might have splashed a little bit on there and then noticed within days those lesions had really, really dried up. So that sulfur aspect, you can find like lime sulfur dip, you can find um, like the hoof and heel stuff, you're looking for that sulfur ingredient and that can help dry those up i've had i've had pretty good luck the thing about that stuff is that it's harsh um if you get it on your own hands you can feel it it's harsh i wear gloves when i use it and sometimes i feel bad that i put it on the goats because i'm sure it you know burns and stings those raw areas but it seems to really clear stuff up fast so that would be mites. Um, you can't really use that stuff on, you know, because of the harshness, you can't really use it on mucocutaneous junctions. So those are areas where there's like a wet surface that meets a dry surface. So around the mouth, around the eyes, I wouldn't want to use it on the ears. And actually even areas like overall, like on the body, I would be cautious of using them because it doesn't feel good if you've got like raw spots and you put this kind of harsh stuff on there that doesn't feel very good so it, I try to be nice to my patients and not make them uncomfortable so that would be that would be mites either of the um like your topical pour on antiparasitic or your um, injectable may have to be repeated because that life cycle, you know, you're only getting a certain percentage of like the adults ones basically. If there's anything that's in an egg stage, um, those antiparasitics may not be effective, so you may have to repeat treatment. So that's lice and mites. Um, yeah, but if in, so I mentioned with lice, you probably want to treat the whole group. They're going to be snuggling with each other. And then those lice are going to like share between goats. Kind of like if you ever had like when you're in elementary school, everybody was like, oh my God, head lice. Same, same deal there. You got to like go home and treat them and comb them out of your hair. Um, 
Other ectoparasites that sometimes people are concerned about are like fleas and ticks. I have never run across a goat that had fleas. I've seen people post on the internet about goats with fleas and I have I honestly have to question whether they're really fleas or if they're lice. Uh, fleas definitely are in my mind and training more of a dog and cat issue and uh, I you know if I guess if there's a lot if the goats are sharing space with dogs and cats dogs or cats and either dogs or cats have a heavy flea burden there may be some on the goats uh, also uh, ticks so ticks certainly in the Northeast are of significant concern for our small, well, for our canine patients and equine patients and humans because they carry nasty things like Lyme and anaplasmosis and other delightful viral things and we're finding new stuff all the time. So ticks are not awesome and we have some really good products now for dogs and cats that kill ticks if they attach to the pets. Unfortunately, all of this stuff is off-label for goats. Having said that, um, goats don't seem to be affected by tick-borne disease the same way that horses and dogs and humans seem to be affected. Uh, if you search in, you know, PubMed or Ovid or, you know, the, the medical literature for goats and Lyme disease, you even find maybe like one or two case reports where goats were, you know, really looking for Lyme disease in goats and... Uh, you could find evidence, like serological evidence, so antibodies that the goat produced in response to Lyme, but if I recall correctly, these animals were never clinically sick, so not really a big deal that they were exposed to it. Also, anaplasma, I think maybe like one or two case reports out there. If I recall correctly, same thing, not really clinically significant for goats. Also, goats don't seem, like, in my experience, ticks don't seem to like goats. We uh, grazed a bunch of our goat kids at an orchard, an apple orchard, that was not in production for a couple years, and... I would walk through there, so we'd go up and check on them once or twice a day every day, and I would walk through there to go feed them and change their water, and I would come out just ticks crawling all over me. And I pulled maybe like one or two attached ticks off of the 30-ish kids that were up there in the thick of the undergrowth chowing down and having a good time all summer. So I'm not sure what it is, but ticks in my experience don't seem to really be looking for goats that much some people will say use frontline or other of the topical flea and tick preventatives in goats fleas and ticks really shouldn't be a problem for goats also I could never recommend using something like frontline or advantix because 
goats are, whether they're pets or not, goats are still a food producing species and that stuff is way off label for goat use. So, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. You could talk about like repellents, uh, repellent spray, like fly spray type things may help uh, prevent ticks, but again, doesn't seem to be an issue. So that is kind of talking about external parasites, lights, lights, <laughs> mites, lice, fleas and ticks. <clears throat> and then I'm going to talk a little bit about some other skin issues that can pop up. Um, this just kind of popped into my head to talk about ORF, which is a viral uh skin condition, I guess you could say. It tends to occur at the mucocutaneous junctions around the mouth and the nose. Um, it's contagious ekythema or something like that is the doctor doctor word for it or um, more lay term, orf or sore mouth. Um, so that's a contagious viral thing and these goats can get I think sheep too, uh, can get proliferative crusty lesions around their mouth usually and around their nose. This does have a human uh, health concern as well because humans in contact with those lesions can also develop skin lesions. Uh, This is, like I said, it's a viral thing uh, and it kind of... You just kind of got to wait for everybody to get over it. It's contagious between animals. If you bring an animal in that has it and then they're in contact with other animals, the other animals are going to have to get it and their immune system is going to have to function and get rid of it and beat it into submission. Uh, one thing that really looks like ORF, like if you take a picture of it and, you, you know, someone will send a picture of a goat with like a crusty nose, crusty mouth, um, and it looks like it very well could be ORF, but sometimes the clinical history doesn't fit. So this could be like a pet that has been on the same property with the same goats for three years and all of a sudden they've got these crusty lesions. So if it was a viral thing, like it doesn't just spontaneously generate, it has to come from somewhere. If no new goats came in, where did it come from? If these animals didn't go anywhere and have contact with another goat, where did it come from? Uh, So one thing I do see and also... This can be related a little bit to mites as well. Uh, is different seem to be zinc responsive dermatoses. So pathology of the skin relating to a mineral imbalance and zinc seems to play a role in this in my part of the world. I have a pet theory that this has to do with well water because in rural New England we're all on wells and in my area and neighboring, you know, neighboring communities where our our water at our house is really, really, really high in iron. Like when we moved into our house, the dishwasher was stained like rust red. The shower was stained rust red. Um, I've been to other places, same thing. Other clients have told me the same thing about their well water. Um, 
And that level of iron being consumed can compete for absorption with other minerals. So we're looking at zinc and copper and molybdenum also plays a role there. Those elements all compete for similar binding sites in the body. So if there's an excess of iron, it's going to hog up all the sites and um, zinc or copper, for example, may not be adequately absorbed because it's just out-competed by, like, for example, iron. Uh, also in water, iron comes along with sulfur. So like some places with high iron will have like an, a little bit of an eggy smell to the water. And that's the sulfur, which also can play a role in this competing thing. Uh, zinc plays an important role in skin healing and in healthy skin. Uh, there's, uh, if I recall correctly, it's something about the the parts of the skin cells that join together and hold each other. So the, the skin cells are up next to each other and there's these little parts that stick together and if zinc isn't sufficient then those uh, those boundaries between the skin cells are more fragile. Also zinc can be important in healing skin so if there's a lesion or a wound or some kind of trauma and zinc is deficient, then that lesion or wound or trauma can take longer to heal. The, so what I've seen in goats and in my own goats and in clients' goats for things that seem to be zinc responsive uh, can look like ORF. So I was talking about those proliferative crusty lesions around the muzzle, around the mucocutaneous junctions, uh, the mouth, the nose, the eyes uh, also can be on the edges of the, the ear pinna. So the pinna is the flappy part of the ear. Uh, the, the edges may have alopecia, may lose hair, uh, also around the anus, around the tail and the tail folds, the skin tends to get thickened and crusty and these animals may be itchy or may not be itchy and there, uh, there may also be a role that uh, ectoparasites play so sometimes I'll treat these animals for mites as well because if there's mites there they're not helping the situation at all. Uh, my one of my own goats in my herd this year had never had a problem and she kitted out and then her skin all freaked out and we we're just really at the point where we didn't know what to do with her we we're thinking about culling her and uh, this was a point where I talked to all those veterinary dermatologists and internists that I mentioned earlier uh, and they you know suggested this trying some zinc supplementation pretty aggressively and we did and her skin healed. I've been taking some serial photos of her um, and it was a pretty dramatic turnaround for her. Now she's like really shiny and silky and her hair's grown back and she looks good. Uh, so zinc, I think this is something that we're learning more about and it's something that I'm starting to recommend more. Um, my whole herd 
we kind of lapsed a little bit this early summer because we ran out of the supplements. Uh, we've been giving them all a zinc supplement for a couple of years now, uh, one called Zinpro, and uh, like I said, we, we had some at the beginning of the year, and then we ran out, we just got it back a few weeks ago, and my husband, who, you know, handles most of the milking and all, handles the goats a little bit more than I do on a regular twice-a-day basis, says that he notices a big difference already, um, so this may be, like I mentioned, this may be a very geographically specific thing, but for us in our area, it seems to be making a difference. Um, this is definitely something that if you'd like to supplement zinc, I'd recommend talking with your veterinarian about. Zinc certainly can cause, uh, toxicity issues depending on how it's administered, um, but you want to be make sure you make sure you're supplementing that at safe levels. The last thing I wanted to kind of touch on about skin, and this can be in, I mean, in any animal, but since we're talking about goats, uh, you certainly can have what we call in uh, as vets. We're like, well, now we're looking for zebras, so. Like, that has to do with the saying, like, if you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. But eventually, you know, the zebras are out there, and sometimes you run across them. So those are, like, the weird cases that um, you don't expect to see and may require more diagnostics and may require more different kinds of treatment. So that's, like weird skin stuff and these things are less common in our small animal species too so you can definitely have immune mediated skin issues skin uh, pathologies like pemphigus can occur in goats uh, I haven't I haven't seen a confirmed case that's something that has to be diagnosed by biopsy you can get some uh, skin cancers basically uh, in goats like uh, probably the most common one would be like a squamous cell carcinoma which often happens in light skinned goats so like your son in goats with being white or more prone or if you've got Nubians that have cream colored fur or white fur and pink skin those guys are going to be more prone to developing skin cancer unfortunately as they get older uh, especially if they if you're in a climate where they're out in the sun all the time and those can be impressive lesions and those are kind of a, a different realm of skin pathology but they're out there so sometimes if you have a small lesion that doesn't seem to be doing what you expect it to do or if you're suspicious of something that you try to treat yourself and you're not successful then it's maybe time to talk to your vet um, a good rule of thumb about skin lesions and things like wounds and things like that are is that like normal skin healing time shouldn't be more than two weeks and if a lesion persists for longer than that Unless, you know, unless it's like some big gaping wound or something that needs a lot of second intention healing, like granulating in and bandaging and all that stuff, like sometimes just the size of the lesion is going to make it take a long time to heal. But if you have something that looks, you know, like a wound or an abrasion or something abnormal and otherwise 
would expect it to heal normally. Like if you scrape your knee and it takes more than two weeks to heal, there's probably something going on. So kind of the same rule of thumb for any of your animal species. If you've got a lesion, a skin lesion that takes more than a couple of weeks to heal, probably time to do some investigating and see what's going on there because sometimes these things can be the zebras that require a biopsy or a surgical excision or other types of treatment to get it to resolve. Wow, so I talked about skin for way longer than I expected to be able to talk about skin, especially kind of offhand. talking about ectoparasites, how, uh, contagious, eczema, uh, zinc, all those things. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, please feel free to email me, goatdoccara at gmail.com. And I just wanted to say thanks for listening. I'm kind of excited that I looked at... Um, I was looking at my podcast analytics again because that's what we do. Like, ooh, is anybody listening to my podcast? And a whole bunch of people listen to the podcast about goat kid nutrition, so that's super exciting. And I also checked in on Apple Podcasts and saw that uh, several people have left a review, so thank you so much. It's really cool to know that people are listening and learning and enjoying the podcast. You guys that rate and review are awesome. Thank you so much. And I think that's it for now. It's like 8 o'clock and I've been on the road all day and talking about goat skin. So I hope this was helpful. We'll talk to you next time.